Rap battles in the Ninth Circuit. Australia gets shippy. Arbitrate AD gets launched. And the UK says so long to the Energy Charter Treaty. All this and more on today's episode of Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal. But before we get into it this week, if you're enjoying the show, if you want to help us out, leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice or wherever you're listening to the show. And if you really want to help us go the extra mile, share the show with a friend or colleague and follow us on LinkedIn. Now, let's get into this week's show. We start this week in the United States, and in particular in the Ninth Judicial Circuit, and focusing on a case called Patrick v. Running Warehouse, LLC, which was decided on February 12, 2024. This case is a deep dive into the murky waters of online terms of use agreements, specifically tackling the ever-confusing world of, quote, browser wrap versus, quote, click wrap agreements. The heart of this legal drama lies in whether an arbitration agreement tucked away in a website's terms of use can actually bind users. The Ninth Circuit, using a test from a previous case in 2022, Daniel Berman v. Freedom Financial Network, found that running warehouses arbitration agreements was indeed enforceable. But here's where it gets interesting. The court labeled the agreement as a, quote, as a browse wrap which in the legal tech world typically refers to a passive form of user agreement. However, the case involved actions like clicking on a continue button, more akin to a click wrap, or even a quote sign in wrap, where explicit actions manifest assent. In Berman, the issue was visibility and acknowledgement of the terms, and the court there found the presentation was too obscure to be enforceable. So fast forward to Patrick and the situation flips, the website made its terms adjacent to key action buttons, making the agreement far more conspicuous and the ascent to those terms clear as day for anyone purchasing goods. Despite this, the court's use of the term browse wrap to describe an agreement that required active assent has thrown a spanner in the works, stirring up confusion in an already complex area of law. The main takeaway, when it comes to online agreements, clarity and user action are key to enforceability. And maybe, just maybe, it's time to retire the confusing wrap terminology for good. Mic drop. From there, let's head to the land down under, where we're untangling the High Court of Australia's latest ruling from the cargo hold. Carmichael Rail Network Party Limited versus BBC Chartering Carriers GmbH and COG and Anchor 2024, a case that's all about arbitration clauses and international shipping disputes. The saga with Carmichael, a cargo owner who wasn't too pleased with some damaged steel rails shipped from Walia, South Australia, to Mackay, Queensland. The twist, the bill of lading said any beefs had to be sorted out in London arbitration under English law. Carmichael wasn't having it and tried to pull the emergency brake in federal court in Australia, claiming the arbitration clause was void under Australian Hague rules, specific rules incorporated by the Carriage of Goods Act by Sea Act 1991. The High Court's mission was to decide if sending the dispute to London would unfairly let the carrier off the hook, violating Article 3 of Rule 8 of the Australian Hague Rules, which basically say you can't wiggle out of liability through sneaky contract clauses. Carmichael threw everything but the kitchen sink into their argument, fearing English arbitrators might not stick to the Aussie interpretation of the rules, potentially diluting their legal protections. But here's the kicker. The High Court wasn't buying it. 
they unanimously decided that Carmichael hadn't proven that the arbitration clause lessened the carrier's liability. They leaned on that idea that speculation isn't enough to torpedo an arbitration provision. Plus, BBC promised to play by the Aussie rules in the London Court of Arbitration, making Carmichael's worries a bit moot. So the main takeaway? The high courts basically said, nice try, but no dice. They understood that you need more than a hunch to challenge an arbitration clause, and with that, the high court closed the book on this maritime melee, leaving us with a clearer map on how arbitration clauses sail in Australian waters. For our next story, we'll go to the Middle East, and this time, head to Abu Dhabi, where an exciting initiative launched in February. It's called Arbitrate AD. Arbitrate AD is making a significant offering on how construction disputes might be handled in the region. Arbitrate AD is stepping in to replace the Abu Dhabi Commercial Conciliation and Arbitration Center, the ADCCAC, let's say that three times fast, kicked off on 1st February 2024 with a brand new set of rules. The new form isn't just a rebrand, it's a complete overhaul aimed at making Abu Dhabi a go-to destination for resolving commercial disputes, especially in construction. So what's with Arbitrate AD? First off, it introduces a court of arbitration to oversee the arbitration and dispute resolution services, ensuring independence from Abu Dhabi's Chamber of Commerce. If the parties can't agree on where the arbitration should be held, the default location is the Abu Dhabi Global Market, the ADGM, although the court has the final say after hearing the parties out. Language barriers in arbitration proceedings? Arbitrate AD's got it covered. The initial language will be decided by the case management office, and the tribunal will make the final call, likely considering factors such as contract language and project communications. Arbitrate AD is also speeding things up with expedited proceedings for claims under AED 9 million and aiming for awards to be made within nine months of the case management conference. Plus, there's a new focus on scrutiny of awards and a more explicit approach to handling arbitration costs, hinting at a loser pays principle. The overhaul might be a game changer, especially for international contractors previously deterred by the ADCCAC rules. With the introduction of Arbitrate AD, we might well see some contractors, subcontractors, and consultants reconsidering and pursuing claims they previously shelved due to cost, complexity, or language barriers. In short, Arbitrate AD appears poised to modernize and streamline arbitration in Abu Dhabi, potentially leading to a surge in construction dispute resolution. Only time will tell how these changes will impact the arbitration landscape. But for now, Arbitrate AD seems like a promising step forward. We'll include a link in the show notes to find out more. And then for our final story of the week, let's dive into a story that's making waves in the energy and legal world. That is the UK announcing that it's pulling out of the Energy Charter Treaty, the ECT, by February 2025, aiming to boost its net zero transition. For those not in the know, the ECT, active since 1998, is all about protecting energy investments across borders. But here's the twist. It's also been a thorn in the side for climate change policies because it lets fossil fuel giants sue countries over green energy laws. At least that's what they say. Critics say it's been chilling the climate agenda, while supporters argue it's crucial for protecting investments. The UK's move to leave follows a failed attempt to modernize the treaty to better fit today's green energy goals. This decision aligns with a wider trend with several EU countries also stepping back from the ECT, citing similar concerns. But, and that's a big but, there's a catch known as a sunset clause. Even after leaving, the UK could still face claims under the ECT for two more decades until 2045 for investments made before the exit. That's because the clause protects investments for 20 years post-withdrawal. Attempts to dodge these post-exit claims have been mixed and had, 
have seen mixed success. The EU courts sometimes siding against the treaty, but arbitral tribunals often not buying that argument. So while the UK aims for a clear path forward with a greener future by ditching the ECT, it's not out of the woods yet. The potential for future claims, even those seeking damages for lost profits, looms large. It's a bold step for the UK, signaling a commitment to its net zero targets, but also opening up a complex legal battleground. Keep watching this space. The fallout from the move could ripple through the energy and legal landscapes for years to come. And that's it for the news this week. And by the time you're hearing this, we will have just wrapped up another, and might I add, extended, by one day anyway, Black History Month. Personally, I and look forward to it as an opportunity to look back on all the achievements of black people, both past, present, and imagine what's possible for the future. This year, I celebrated the occasion with an event hosted by the Mood Alumni Association and the American Arbitration Association in collaboration with the Association of Black Arbitration Professionals, Real Racial Equality for Arbitration Lawyers, and Tales of the Tribunal. The event was called Being Black in Arbitration and took place yesterday, February 29th, on both the AAA's platform and on YouTube. It was a great event that featured several dynamic speakers, including Rose Ramo, John Belinga, Leo Tamaru, and Joao Costa. The hour went by so fast, but the conversation was enriching and was a candid look at the state of black professionals in international arbitration. The event was recorded and will be available in the coming days on the AAA's YouTube channel. Disputes Digest is produced by MoBeta Solutions. Show music is by Joshua and Jaden Campbell. Thanks for listening, and this has been Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal, and we'll see you next time. None of the views shared today or in any episode of Disputes Digest is presented as legal advice nor advice of any kind. No compensation was provided to any organization or party for their inclusion on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization, legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees or organizations included appear on an arm's length basis and their appearance should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.